On today's episode of Up in the Air, we bring on somebody I've personally known for basically two decades at this point. It's hard to imagine. He's been able to achieve his lifelong dream of becoming a pilot, but that path got a little blurry when the pandemic hit. We talk about how he quickly adjusted and is now on the other side of the country doing what he loves most. Everybody, Eric Mullins. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven, Up in the Air, and uh, bringing on my good buddy, who I haven't seen in a long time, Eric Mullins. How you doing, Eric? Doing that, dude. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. We're both not in uh, the same places we were living in last time we saw each other. I know that. So uh, where, where are you right now? I am currently located in Nashville, Tennessee. I've, I've moved down south. So Western boy has gone out, gone out to the east south here. So how do you end up in Nashville? I just, I never would have taken uh, as you a person to end up in Nashville out of all places. Yeah, you know, it's, it was a bit of a surprise move. It started like most changes this year for most people because of COVID. Um, the company I was working for, I was, I was working for uh, Contour Airlines out in Santa Barbara, um, right. your old homeland. Yes. And um, I was doing scheduled air carrier stuff for them there. Um, and then March kind of hit COVID started to really pick up. So we were furloughed. Um, I went back to Fresno, our hometown, and I was flying there, um, doing my old aerial survey job. And then I got the call back company had a position out here for me to do, um, charter stuff. So now I'm flying private charter and I went for it. So, so it kind of took a little bit of a chance, but, but yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, I mean, I know you've always wanted to be a pilot, you know, ever since I've known you, I mean, I've known you since we were in what first grade, you know, playing yeah. little league together. So it's crazy that so much time has gone on and everybody's sort of following their path. And it's like, you're doing what you've always wanted to do. And I don't think a lot of people can say that, mm-hmm. but with the start of the pandemic and now you're living in a beautiful place, you've got this job you've always wanted. What is the, your mindset when you're told, you know, we're going to have to let you go. Do, do you think immediately like, my career is derailed at this point. Uh, no, no, it, it can be that way for some people. It's definitely an industry that is up and down and can change uh, yearly. Like before our COVID hit, it was just the best time to be a pilot. Everybody was hiring. Like they, there was a shortage I'm sure a lot of people have heard about and, and things like that. And they just couldn't hire people fast enough. Um, and then, you know, in, in the blink of an eye, things can change. So luckily, as you know, my dad is retired from the airlines. Um, so he was kind of grooming me and, and educating me from, from day one about how the industry can go. Uh, so he was furloughed twice, I believe. Um, a company went bankrupt and completely folded once. So he had three kind of instances throughout his long career of uncertainty and, and things changing like that. So I, I knew about it. I didn't expect to, to run into it four months into my, my airline career. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's a chance that that always happens so you kind of prepare yourself and have it in the back of your mind and um yeah so luckily i wasn't too shocked by it and and it's just another kind of bump in the road in in this career so and when you're told that you're furloughed what's the situation in santa barbara were you in a lease did you have to get out of a lease because it's not like you can just get up and go yeah it's tough so that's that's a bit of a a a trade secret in, in the industry is you want to sign, if you have to sign a lease, you want to sign as short of a lease as possible because things like right. this will happen. Um, so with that in mind, I was on a month to month lease, thankfully, uh, just renting a room down there. So it was a good place to be short term. 
Um, and I'm, I'm thankful it was just, you know, I went with my dad's advice and went uh, month to month. So it was, it was just a pick up and go pretty much at that point. So it was no, no big transition. So, yeah, I mean, had you not, you know, gone through that, you wouldn't be in Nashville. Uh, I, I don't know if you prefer this job prior to the old one. You know, I don't mm -hmm. know if, if there's any major differences. Are there any? Is this a completely different situation? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's very different um, as far as as the type of flying I'm doing now. So now I'm flying uh, private customers, um, going to pretty cool places, very different yeah. places that airlines wouldn't uh, go into. We, we I small or I fly a smaller plane now. So we flying like for the average person out there, you know, they're probably assuming, oh, you're in some big, you know, seven thirty seven or whatever. What, what's yeah. the specific plane you're in? It is a Hawker 400 XP, so it's a small class uh, private jet, it's a, but got nine seats in it. So usually oh, wow. we take it between like two to two to six people. That's usually comfortable in there. Um, and we do flights between like an hour to two hours, two and a half hours, stuff like that. So um, it's different in the aspect of it's not scheduled anymore. So I don't, my schedule is not like, it's still blocked out for a month, but I don't always know where I'm going to go. So that that brings an aspect of kind of excitement sometimes. And I'll be gone for three days, like doing, you know, uh, a lot of, we do like East coast runs. So we go New York to Florida, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, Oh, uh, this customer wants to go down to like Turks and Caicos. So do you have your passport kind of thing? So it's, it's like on the fly. So it's cool. Um, What's the coolest place you've been to so far? Probably Turks or, uh, or Cancun. Those are my two. Favorites. Where where is uh, Turks at? I don't even know where that's at. It's down. It's almost. It's like in the islands off off the coast of Florida. So it's down almost like between here and the, the Dominican. So it's it's like halfway in between. So it's a drag. What a rough life, man. For those and what's people. the COVID situation like there? Are, are they wide open because it's a tourism tourism based industry? It's, How does that work? Yeah, it's strange. So um, they're pretty strict as far as like customs when you get there. Um, so it's. We have to submit our like our, our forms and say we weren't in contact and all that normal stuff, the air travel right. stuff. Um, and then they actually, you stay on the plane. So that's a customs thing as well as COVID. You stay on the plane, they have to come out to you and things like that. Um, but as far as once you're there, it's kind of just, it's very similar to here. So it's masks once you get into somewhere in the restaurant, masks off, kind of things like that. So that's been another adjustment is is when we are traveling, we'll we'll visit sometimes like four states in three days kind of thing. And, wow. and it's so weird seeing how different uh, every state is treating this. Each place is, is treated. Yeah, very and, weird. And uh, I don't know if you can disclose this type of information. Have you flown anyone of interest or, or someone that would be deemed a celebrity that you could see? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I have. It's not necessarily, um, uh, it's just frowned upon basically to, to, to say something. Names. We've flown. <laughs> A couple athletes and and some music industry people, but yeah, it's been fun. It's definitely that part is it's kind of exciting sometimes. And professionally, I mean, you have to, like you said, you have to sort of maintain a sense of you know I don't want to look frowned upon or I don't want to do something that's yeah. out of that out of industry standard. So, are, do you get a little more nervous when someone like that rolls up on the plane? Like, oh man, I you know I got some some important cargo right here or, or does yeah, the mentality not change it's it's at first for sure at first you're like you want to kind of 
mind your P's and Q's and like <laughs> really make sure everything's up to up to snuff as far as that goes. But then it, you forget about it pretty quickly because then it's just like you know it's another another day of of work. It's things don't change too much um, as far as where you're going changes and stuff like that. But however you work stays the same, so you forget about kind of who's back there. Right, because you're just you know, and like you said, these are hour to two hour flights. They're not extensive. Yeah, not too long. The furthest we've done is like almost three, about three hours was the first. And that's just a, that's a limit basically on the plane's abilities as far as like fuel and, and stuff like that goes. So, yeah. And so to, to kind of turn the clock back, um, you know, you were a person that I knew, you know, you're always in sports and very athletic and, and, you know, you go to Fresno State uh, where we grow up. But your schooling, did that have anything to do with getting you to where you are now? Because that's no. the part that I've always found interesting. It's not like there's a, you know, aerospace uh, situation yeah. in Fresno State. There's not a, yeah, there wasn't a direct correlation for me. So I studied kinesiology, exercise science, which most people go into like PT and stuff like that. Right. Um, and I did that because of what you said of being an athlete and stuff. So that was interesting to me. Um, but uh, yeah, it has no, no correlation to what I'm doing now. Flying, so was, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to do something that, again, that was my dad's kind of thinking as far as like if, you know, the whole industry really fell apart. Like it kind of almost did wow. uh, this past year where if you can't even stay in the industry, you need something outside of, outside of flying that you can fall back on. So that was kind of the thought process there. And then concurrently going through school, I was doing flight training on the side. So. And so when you're going to school and you know that this is not what you're going to do long-term, you want to go and, and actually fly. Mm -hmm. Were there days where you're like, why am I even here? You oh, it's know, tough. I think that's the most difficult thing in college is I think people come in that first year and they're probably more motivated. And then you kind of get involved with all the social aspects of things. Mm -hmm. You start to really think about your life and moving forward. And you try to have that work-life balance, you know, with, with school and everything. Yeah. So how did you maintain, you know, staying in school and being motivated enough to finish the degree knowing that the degree wouldn't necessarily line up with what you want to do long-term? It was tough. That's a great question because I remember there was days that I would sit in class, especially once once I got to the beginning years were okay. Like you said, you're more motivated and you're more like kind of things. Right. But then once I got to the end, which is ironic because you would think that was like you could see the light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. Right. But at the end of, of my college uh, classes and courses and everything, it gets a little bit more difficult. So then it was like harder to focus on like exercise physiology when all I wanted to do was be in the planes, especially, you know, Fresno State being by the airport, like you just hear planes all day. I didn't even so, think about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a little bit of mental warfare there, but, but um, mainly it was like, that was also the end of it. Cause when I, when I was finishing college, I was getting close to being or achieving a license that I could start to get paid to fly. Hmm. So, so that was like, the two were kind of competing to the finish line. So um, that helped also. Cause I, I basically treated the end of school as if, like the start of my career. So that kind of, it timed up well. Yeah, I, I find that super interesting. I think, you know, doing what you're doing, I think to your point, you probably were just ready for it to be over. I know I was too. I came in freshman year and it was like, I'm going to do the radio and I'm going to cover sports and, and this is what I'm going to do. And then, you know, you join a fraternity and other things happen. You start to say to yourself, oh, I should also have fun. Yeah. And there were moments where I was like, hey, I probably should have focused more on on doing things to further my career. I don't regret anything because I am where I am now. Um, but I think to your point, I, I think a lot of people when they finish 
college, it's kind of like, this is just the first chapter now and I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm ready to get going. Whereas some people view it as that was the greatest four years of my life. And I don't, I don't know how I'm ever going to recreate well, that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's sad, but you know, I've, I've enjoyed this part of my life more, I think since we've graduated personally, I don't know. I just think we've been able to do more things from a financial perspective and you're going around all over the world and in the country. Definitely. I think it's, it's pretty amazing. But um, the thing I was going to ask too, why not the military route or, or the traditional route? And is that something that the industry is suffering from? Because there's, it seems like there's not enough pilots, if I'm correct. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting balance now. Um, as you mentioned, kind of the military route, our good friend, CJ, who I know was on here before. Yeah. Uh, who like shout out to him. He's finished up. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. can't, wait, can't wait to see him in Fresno. But uh, so his route is another way of, of getting things done. And then there's, there's also people who get their initial licenses and then, and then become a flight instructor and build their time that way. So there's all these different ways of how to right. achieve your end goal. And my end goal being the airlines down the road, like where my dad was at. So um, yeah, for people I, that don't know, Eric's dad flew for United, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the end goal. It'd be awesome to kind of nostalgic to be there after him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had thought about flying cargo transport for the Air Force. Um, that was something I had kind of toyed with when I was first thinking if I wanted to instruct or whatever, whatever else. And then the aerial survey uh, job kind of fell in my lap right. almost. So that was a really good time builder and things. And I made some connections through that. And then that kind of bumped me into the next, there's different uh, blocks of hours, flight hours that you need to do different oh, types of jobs. So it was, it, at that point, it was just like, it worked out. I was in the Valley already in Fresno and, and stayed doing that. And then straight on to the, the next one. So um, yeah, it was, and the whole shortage thing's weird now because there is still a shortage of pilots, but because of COVID, um, there were a lot of furloughs and a lot of uh, all hiring pretty much stopped for, for a solid chunk of last year. They're starting to open it back up now and people are, are they're starting to kind of feel things out and how the industry is going to recover. So it'll be interesting to see what, how, uh, how much COVID actually helped the shortage in a weird way of saying that way. Um, Cause it, it stopped the need to hire pilots for a little while. So. And, you know, obviously you haven't been doing this for, like decades or anything. So you haven't seen like maybe major trends over eras and things like that. But with COVID happening, what do you see as the future of the airlines? Do you think people will feel comfortable getting back into a plane? Or is there going to be this shift where people just decide, you know, it might be just safe for me and my family to stay home? Have you seen any difference personally? Or do you see the industry changing at all? Definitely. It's going to be a longer uh, recovery period than people probably would have anticipated. So my dad was flying during 9-11. He was flying. Um, there was a, a air traffic controller strike back when I want to say Reagan was president. Um, and don't quote me on that. And uh, so you get a fact so, guy to check. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't, we don't need to do all that. So there was so he had seen the industry kind of bounced back in things. And his opinion is that this, I mean, which is in most people's opinions as well, there was nothing, there's been nothing that has derailed the industry or kind of shook things up like this before. And, and that's because, so like for example, 9-11 was a very immediate, direct, 
act and an event that um, you kind of immediately saw how things transitioned after. So there was more TSA, there was more dogs, there was screening and things. So people felt a sense of security immediately after. Right. Whereas people were still afraid, of course, and some people still are, um, but they could see the changes, the physical changes that they could um, see after that event. Now with COVID, it's like, it's all about public uh, feeling and, and, and how they feel about yeah. perception and all that. So with COVID, it's That's different. Super interesting. I've, you know, yeah. They've always compared the two. And I thought, well, yes, but this has gone on for almost a year now. Mm -hmm. To your point, that was one day and there was an immediate reaction. Everybody banded together and yeah. said, we need to change things. Yeah. It was horrible what happened, but it's also great to see you know, all the good that's come, come from that. But mm -hmm. with this, to your point, it's like this invisible fear. You exactly. can't see it. You can't smell it. You, you, you don't know where it is. And exactly. it's just always looming over everything. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I don't know, personally, I've been on a plane a couple of times since this started. I can't think of a more sanitary place than the plane. Yeah. That's going to be my next question. Do you personally feel safe on these planes? I do. I do because uh, I understand the procedures and, and, and precautions they're taking and, and stuff that they're going through. Um, it, I, I also, the same breath, I understand when people are a little bit nervous about it. You're sitting next to a stranger for hours at a time, shoulder to shoulder, literally. Um, so I get it. So it's hard to place judgment on, on people and, and think that they should come back to traveling earlier and stuff like that. Right. Um, so I think like if I had to estimate a, a bounce back time, I would say by end of this year and maybe summer next year through that period, through the fall and the springtime, it'll, it'll start to transition back to somewhat normal. It'll be a while. Yeah. I, I just, um, I think we've gotten almost comfortable at this stage with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think in the beginning it was kind of like, all right, this could be interesting. Let's see what comes of it. Then there was this period of just frustration and then the holidays come around and everything sort of feels off and weird. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just interaction with our friend group has gone way down, I feel like, because yeah. it's just harder. Um, you know, I'm, I'm over here in Oregon, you're in, in Tennessee. I mean, can't get much farther than that. Um, but I, I just think it's going to change people's habits and, and kind of how they do things. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we'd be Zoom calling, you know, like we are now. I think yeah. those types of things have changed. I think the industry uh in general with a lot of markets are going to change i mean do you really need all your employees to to be physically there um i mean your situation is different you've got to actually you know fly yeah. the plane but you could never out. work remote like you're you're yeah. still needed physically yeah and it's interesting also how you're saying habits too because there's a lot the charter industry uh and pick has picked up i uh, like just tremendously because there's there's that there's that class of of people who can afford to fly private, um, which might for them be just a bit more expensive than flying first class, for example, somewhere. Um, they just had never wanted to or stretched to that next tier before, but then a lot of them were making the choice now and moving forward because they think, why not stretch a, a couple extra bucks and, and pay for the privacy? So that's interesting. There's been a record or a few days with record numbers as far as private general aviation, like really? two hundred higher than 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 previous or the previous year. So that's, that's been a strange uh, transition as well. Yeah. 
And if I want to charter, how does this process work? I've always, because you see people and they're like, oh, I'm on a private jet. And they're like, okay, yeah. it, doesn't mean you, it doesn't mean you own it. You're like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a whole different, you know, ball game we're talking about. So yeah. if I'm somebody and I'm in Nashville and I want to go somewhere, how do I go about getting on one of your flights? How, so how does that work? Ways. Yeah, there's a few ways. You can contact the charter company directly. Um, you can contact basically a, a sales team is what, who would you, you would engage with and they would, you let them know where you want to go, um, what day and, and how many people, those are kind of the three main things. Um, they'll come back with a quote of a certain plane, um, and they'll tell you how long it'll take to get there, how much, um, it's going to cost the total trip. And, and if, if it's even possible, um, cause some, for, for example, we've gotten requests to go from here to California. And in our particular uh, plane, we can't make it in one trip. We don't have the mm. fuel economy to make it in one uh, leg. So we'd have to stop on the way. So that's some people, that's a turnoff right there to them. They're like, okay, no, thank you. It's fine. Um, I'd rather just get my ass there. Yeah, I'd rather get there. Or, or you, they could come back and inquire for the bigger class plane that could make it. It's going to mm. be more expensive, but they don't have to stop. So there's, there's different ways of doing that. Or you would go through a broker. That's, a, that's the common way. Um, a lot of them, especially with the repeat clients like that, they'll have a, a guy they use. Um, so that's, that's usually we'll work with brokers. And so then at that point, uh, the company directly doesn't interact with the customer. Everything's through the broker. So it's a very touchy situation at times. Yeah. Can you give me a deal? Uh, <laughs> sales team. So. Uh, I've never been on one of those before, uh, you know, chartering anything. And, but mm -hmm. I think to your point, I think, it's obvious just through social media, it seems to be an increase because I think people, you know, number one, want to feel more safe if they've got the extra money to do so. Mm -hmm. Why not spend the extra money and just have things be a little bit more private and yeah. get where you need to go. So yeah. I think that's super interesting. And, and that's another thing. It's like, like I was saying with habits and industry changes, is that going to be longstanding? Now mm -hmm. are people going to look at this and go, wow, why were we ever going through all the hustle and, and all the, you know, commotion of getting on these big airlines when we could have just chartered this guy and absolutely. So I think there's there's definitely differences there. What's uh what's Nashville like if you had to to sum it up? I've never been there. Uh it is different than expected. I would say it's it's surprising. So I, I really like surprising. It surprising, yes, because uh, I, I would say pleasantly surprised is what how I would basically summarize my my experience here so far. I uh. Coming from Fresno, as you know, we're in the Central Valley. It's not your typical California. It's not the SoCal or, no. or, the, or anything like that. So a lot of ag and everything like that. Um, and then out here, and Fresno is very, uh, it was a great place to grow up. Not a lot going on. Right. Kind of thing like that, right? So that's the, usually what you hear when people are re referencing Fresno as the hometown. Nashville is very cool in a sense that each I guess part of town and neighborhood and things has its own culture and, and history to it. Wow. Um, you can really sense it when you leave a different neighborhood, you know where you are when you get in somewhere else. Um, so I live in East Nashville. So it's very, it's, it used to be, it's like older, it's got some historic parts and then it's kind of hipster in certain areas. So it's very, it's cool. It's cool. I've enjoyed uh, kind of adventuring out and, and, and figuring things out. So. And I think it's super difficult to gauge, you know, what a place is really like during all this. I mean, when mm -hmm. I moved out here, like I got a pretty good sense, but there hasn't been like any 
live events, if you will. And, and I think Nashville, probably more so than any other city I can think of in the country, is known for live music, especially country, things of that nature. Yeah. So how do you feel like you've been kind of, you know, I guess, gypped through all yeah. this? Have you, is there any sort of concerts happening? I don't even know. Uh, there is not any concerts. The Grand Ole Opry, so that's like the famous right. radio and everything like that. They just, I think like about a month ago, they opened back up and are having live shows. That's it for really live music that I've heard at least. But it's, it is the South technically down here. So things are a bit different. Um, we've got, we've had restaurants open the entire time. There's bars open and, and movies and everything like that. So it's a bit weird because it's, it's, you'll go out. I haven't personally gone out like that um, just because of work and things. I'm already at, a, as, you know, enough of a risk. Yeah, um, I mean, gosh, you don't want to put yourself in jeopardy. Of course, restaurants and, and shopping, just like anybody else. But um, you will drive through downtown in our Broadway area, where it's just like the famous tourist kind of drag there. Right. And it's just like, I drove down there on New Year's Eve just because I wanted to see, and you'd be surprised. So so there's not live concerts, but there's live music at every other bar. There's, right. it, it's, I would say the only thing that has changed, I'd been here once prior to COVID. Um, and the only thing that's changed is the amount of people out. So it's, uh, it's interesting, but I'm ready to see it at full, at full blast again later on. So I don't know if, if, you know, you've experienced this personally or seen it. Um, I certainly have being here pretty much a conservative town throughout its history. Um, mm -hmm. this year they voted Democrat. So it's, it's becoming more, you know, left leaning, if you will. And some people don't mm -hmm. like that. Um, but I think you see that as, as towns grow, they tend to go a little bit more left because it's usually younger people and it's expanding. Mm -hmm. So obviously you think of Tennessee, you think of a very conservative South with the city. And I know it's one of the fastest growing cities in the country. Are you seeing a difference in that culture? And do, have you ever witnessed people upset by all the new people moving to Nashville? Because that's something I experience here every single day. Yeah, 100%. So, so the running joke is if you meet somebody in Nashville who's from Nashville or even like remotely close, like you found a unicorn because right. it's just, there is, I, no joke, man. I, I have met, of the people I've met here so far around our age or even just a little bit older, uh, I've only met one who was from uh, the area growing up here. <laughs> they were from like 30 minutes away. So it's, it's crazy. So there's not so much resentment or anything towards people moving here. You can kind of sense it now and then, depends on who you talk to, but it's more so from a, a, a mindset of like, yeah, like everybody's moving here. We, we just kind of, we've dealt with it. And it's no joke, man. There are a lot of people, myself included, obviously, uh, back in October, but there's so many people moving in here. Out of um, the people you talk to, where, where are they coming from typically? There's a lot of Midwest, so a lot of Indiana, a lot of uh, Wisconsin area, things like that, Michigan. And then... Um, a few from like the Georgia area and then the most of it's California. Most of it's California. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like everyone's leaving California. People here get mad all the time. Oh, the Californians are raising the prices yeah. and the Californians. Are, and I, you know, I get it to a certain extent, but I always said to people, if you go to California and you're not from there, you're from New York, Indiana, whatever, Michigan, mm -hmm. I don't think we ever had any resentment towards those people. I think no. if it was anything, we thought it was cool. Like, oh, you're from yeah. a different place. Like, what's it like over there? Yeah, and yeah. I, think, I think California is pretty welcoming in that sense. I, I, 
I've never felt like it was, you know, the, the old grandpa on the porch, get off my lawn type thing. But here I sense that, especially from the older crowd and, and I can get mm-hmm. it to a certain extent, but I just, I've never understood the mentality of being so guarded and, mm-hmm. and unwelcoming or uninviting to people. So I, it sounds like it's not really like that over there. It seems like people are going there for work, for a better life. Yeah. Yeah, so Nashville itself is interesting because Nashville is very uh, blue. Nashville itself is very liberal. Right. Um, a lot of it, I think, is because of what you said, people moving in and, and things like that. Um, so it's this, it's this little bubble. It was weird during the election, driving around, seeing just tons, dozens of Biden signs and things like that. Rarely did you see any really support for, for Trump or anything like that. So that was weird. I didn't, really? that was very unexpected. Yeah, very, like, like blatantly one-sided. Interesting. Um, that was in like the city itself. Once you get outside in the outskirts, things change. Um, but as far as kind of the resentment, I've, I've learned that people, when they think of California, they think of LA and San Francisco. They don't, and that is why, you know, there's that resentment towards California from Texas and from the South and everything. Um, so it's, I, I don't necessarily blame people for their, for their opinion of California because that's all they know of California. Like they don't know the Fresnos, they don't know the Bakersfields, the Visalias, you know? So- yeah, I mean, um, there's just normal middle, middle of the road, yeah. you know, any town America type places. Um, yeah. I think it's funny if you tell some, this is what I've noticed too, and I don't know if you get this. When I moved to Denver and I said I was from California, they're like, oh, Cali kid and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I do surf and all this. And I'm like, I'm from Fresno, man. Like, I did yeah, go to school sure. in Santa Barbara, but I'm from Fresno. Yeah, but sure. in California, if you say you're from Fresno, you're immediately not cool <laughs> if you meet somebody. Yeah. From, like, I got made fun of in college for being from Fresno all the time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, my, my, some of my best friends in college were from Newport Beach. So it was like yeah. two different worlds. And yeah. I don't know if you get that there. Do they think you're like cooler because you're from California? Uh, I don't get as much of like the cool California boy thing because of how many people are from California here. Um, but it's definitely like when you say you're from California, if they're even remotely interested to find out like where, normally they're just like, okay, California, they write you off kind of thing. But if they ask where, then I'm sure that you know this. We have to say Fresno and then they're like, oh, I'm like, Central Valley, it's like in the middle of California, and they just yeah. still have no, so like, have no idea. Four hours north of LA, like, oh, okay. So yeah, they, they have no clue, and I, I wouldn't expect them to, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think to your point, and, and I mean, I guess we could kind of touch on that, is you were saying it was a good place to grow up. I think um, I agree with that. I think it was, it was perfect for what it needed to be. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the family life was nice there. We, we went to a nice school, made great friends. We still have those friends years and years later. And I think it makes going to these other places, um, number one, super exciting and interesting. But I think there's an appreciation there as well. I mean, I don't think you'd probably view Nashville the same as you do right now had mm-hmm. you not grown up in a place like Fresno. But if you were coming from L.A., you know, maybe you'd think differently. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, because Fresno provided a great place to be able to be close enough to things as far as like, you know, the LA, San Francisco, mountains, beach, stuff like that, to go out and experience a little like local stuff, but also right. come back to one that was very homey, um, right. in a sense that there wasn't a lot going on, and everybody kind of knew everybody, it's a big little town, um, and 
I, I was thinking about that the other day. I, I'm not sure exactly if I would have the same appreciation for Fresno had I not uh, left and proud of Nashville, obviously Santa Barbara, and then I was a few other places briefly for, for flying and things. So um, there's definitely something different about Fresno. And I, and I am curious how many other towns across the country are like that, that we just right. have no idea are very, they're the good place to grow up towns. Um, I'm sure there's, there's tons, but um, yeah, definitely gives you a better appreciation when you go to places like LA, Nashville, things like that. So uh, do you see yourself being in Nashville long-term? Like what, what's kind of your ideal game plan here? Uh, that's a great question. That's something that changes. Putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something that changes weekly. Um, I'm enjoying, I've never done charter, proper charter flight. I've done a few here and there before. I've never done it full time. Um, so I'm like really enjoying it more than I probably had anticipated I would. Um, so I think I would, I'm planning on staying here at least through the end of the year. Um, I I have kind of a verbal agreement with my company that I would, I would stay through a year of when I started. So that'd be October, but I could see myself staying longer. Um, It's good experience. It's different types of flying makes you a a better pilot in my opinion, as far as um, what I was doing before, you can kind of get a little bit more comfortable when you're going to see airports all the time. Uh, This type of flying makes you think a little bit more. Um, and, and decision-making, problem-solving, stuff like that. So it's just more experience. It's all good in my mind. So um, probably into next year, I would say, and then kind of reevaluate things at that point. Are they only based out of Nashville? Like, could you transfer to another office, essentially? Yeah, for the charter stuff, almost everything is out of Nashville. We're out of, wow. um, we're out of Smyrna, which is uh, like 30 minutes south of Nashville. Oh. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's where our company is headquartered and that's where we keep a lot of the charter planes. Um, but we, we work remote sometimes. So like we end a trip, if we got a lot of white planes in New York, we go there a lot. So if we uh, end a trip there and there's nothing on the schedule to bring a plane somewhere else, sometimes they'll leave it there and, and fly you out somewhere. So if there's a possibility of being remote somewhere, uh, it just makes things a little bit more difficult with commuting, yeah. And uh, did you become a, a Titans fan while you were there? Like, how did, how did that work? I have not. Um, I'm still a 49ers faithful, but I, uh, I am now a Preds fan. I'm a, I'm a Predators fan. I'm, oh, that's right. Oh, that'd be so I, badass. This is my, my announcement. I'm taking my talents to Nashville. <laughs> well, you got I do have a jersey. I you got, got the Subban jersey? jersey? Yeah, I got the PK jersey. So, Dude, I was going to buy that jersey when they were in the Stanley Cup. Who's that against the was it the Penguins? Penguins, yeah. And uh, I fell in love with that team. I thought they were so cool. I thought Nashville for, you know, hockey, it seemed so out of the yeah. ordinary. And the there Titans players were at the game. I thought, this is sick, man. And there's nothing like a hockey game live. Nothing. Yeah. And I and where we are, I'm about five to seven minutes from downtown, from Bridgestone wow. Arena and all that. So it's, it's a cool place to be as far as location-wise. And it's like there's a cult following for that team here. It's pretty yeah. crazy. It really – taking the team in and and just are so passionate about it so i can't wait to they're talking about letting some fans in throughout the season later so if i can i'm getting in there for sure i know the uh the avalanche in, in denver where i used to live I, I started to become a fan of them because you know i i followed the sharks here and there they kept losing in the playoffs but i didn't have yeah. like an allegiance to them yeah so i moved to denver and i'm like all right i'm gonna like the abs and it was my first live hockey game fell in love with it right away the energy is awesome um and I don't know, like to your point, like the following is really the fans 
are so into the game the entire time. Mm. Whereas like I, and I've been to an NBA game, you look around and people are kind of on their phones or, or doing other things, baseball games, forget it. People don't pay attention. So I think there's definitely a a level of of fanhood with the hockey games. That's a little different. It it has kind of a football vibe. Yeah. It's it's not as it's, I don't even know how to describe. I think football is kind of a March, you know, and you're watching this March happen where hockey, if you turn away for five seconds, they could score. I was just going to say You don't want to miss anything. I was just going to say, it's, it's the activity and energy level in the, in the building, for sure. For one, you're indoors. So everything indoors is going to be more intense because you're in there. You know, it's the volume and everything like that, as well as the speed of the game. Like, there's no real breaks like in football. There's, there's no, aside from periods, there's, there's no breaks in the action. No. So I think that's definitely why it's so you know, high, high energy and, and excitement and stuff. Yeah, you, sure. you got to get in there. I don't know what they're going to allow moving forward. I mean, I, I've given up trying to guess and estimate when things will quote, go back to normal. I don't right. think they ever will. I, I think, yeah, no, I think sure. it's a new normal. I think masks are here to, to stay for certain people for sure for a while. I mean, you I, look I think at, you're right. You look at Japan and China and things and, and that this has been their normal for a long time. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. I remember being in college and you know, the winter season would come around and there were two guys on my floor that were from Shanghai. Mm. And uh, you know, I was fascinated with learning about their culture and you know, does the one child rule really exist? Yeah, it does. What? And I just, I was absolutely perplexed by like the way they grew up and what they did. And there's, you know, here yeah. you tell people, Oh, there's a Fresno. It's got 500,000 people. Oh, no way. For every 500,000 people town there, there's a 10 million person city in China that's considered small. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, but in talking to them, all of a sudden, winter months would come around in November, December, and through spring, and they all wore masks. Mm. And I was like, why do you guys do that? And they were like, this is just like what we do. And I, looking back at that now, that was what, five, six years ago? Mm. I, I mean, they were like, to your point, they were probably just ahead of the curve on it. Yeah. I yeah. I think it's definitely here to stay for some people for sure. For sure. I can't, I, I, I shouldn't also, say I can't stand it. That's rude, but um, it's tough, man. I mean, it, it gets to a point where you so badly just want things to be okay, but in order for the things to be okay, you have to adhere to all of these rules, even if you don't like them for mm-hmm. the good of everybody else. Like obviously you want to go and do things, but, you also want to be able to have your job and make sure other people don't get sick. I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird in, in what I'm doing now as well, because you, uh, especially when things were a little bit worse and, and as far as people, there was a lot more uncertainty and, and at least the vaccines out now. So they're rolling that out and everything, but do you have the vaccine? I was going to ask. Yeah. So I don't yet, but we are technically considered essential. So I'll be getting it. Uh, I think next month, early next month. Yeah. So that's interesting. Delaney got her second dose uh, the other day and did not have a very good reaction to it. So really, yeah, she, she, uh, for about probably seven, eight hours, um, that day, not, not fun, not good. She's okay now. I think we have, uh, three days or two days after we get it that we, we aren't allowed to, we aren't allowed to work. So, so that'll be our kind of procedure. And I fly with, it's myself and another captain or a, a captain um that we're the only one staffed to the airplane so we it's kind of been nice in that aspect it's just us in there so we kind of leave things how we like it and all that so 
when one of us is off, the other one's off. So that's how we'll, we'll get our shots at the same time. Yeah. Are you going to get the Pfizer or the Moderna or do you even know? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm not sure yet. It's so weird. The good. Pfizer, they have to store it at negative 70 degrees Celsius. And there's like a shelf life once they take it off, right? Yeah. So it gets delivered. It's in dry ice. Then they put it in these net minus 70 Celsius freezers mm. and then they take it out to be thawed. And then they give you, it's so strange. I don't know how yeah. they came up with this, but that's the Pfizer, the Moderna. Apparently you don't need to do that, but I've heard also negative, you know, reactions from that as well. So I don't really know. I, I think, I think my work were scheduled, like it goes one A, one B, I think we're one C or something. Mm-hmm. So we'll be like in the next wave. Um, Good. but, but I, I, I mean, I know your parents are a little older and, and yeah, they actually, they both got their, they both their, got it. Yeah. They both got their first round. I How'd think, they get it? Uh, just being old. <laughs> they're both they, over, they're both over the elderly age. They're both able to get it. Uh, I guess they, I think the process was they were informed that they could. And so they submitted for a time and got a slot to go in. Yeah, I, I need my dad to go get it because he's just like, I need this thing. So, you know, just he'd feel a little more safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, I find it odd how they, you know, they, they've rolled things out. And then just because the shipment takes place doesn't mean that all those doses are being administered. Yeah. And so it's just been uh, up and down. And, and I feel bad for a lot of the elderly people that are, you know, frankly, probably very scared because mm-hmm. they're at the at-risk you know, age and or may have pre-existing conditions. And, uh, you know, you'd like to just have them take it and, and protect them. I mean, that's the majority of all the deaths have been those people. Yeah. And so yeah. it sucks. The role yeah. And so my parents uh, being in that age group, they obviously um, are not going to change the way that they've been doing things is what they've said. They're not going to all of a sudden want to be traveling all over the place and stuff. They're still hanging, hanging tight, sitting low, but um they're just it's that sense of comfort that they were right. happy to have now i think they get their second uh dose this week actually this coming oh, week wow. so well good yeah. for them do you have yeah. any timetable on when you're gonna maybe go back home or i'm t- well with covid and everything i i've been back home twice and every time i go it's kind of like it's it's nice to see them but i also don't with how much traveling i'm doing and how many right. different places knowing that i you could I be try a super out. spreader I know, I know, and, and I could have already had it with no symptoms. You never know, which is just crazy. So I'm, I'm waiting for them to get the second dose, and then I'll go back probably end of the month um, to go see him. So I've been back in a little while. It's nice to go back and 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 see friends and, and all our full friends over there. So yeah. um, well, I mean, that. you mentioned CJ earlier. He's done, so he's you know he's pretty much back. He's getting a house yeah. built. So at least yeah. we'll have a, a new spot to hang out, I guess. Um, yeah, sorry, Morgan. That's the, the new spot. <laughs> the best part is he's going to have to live with two dogs that he's yeah. never lived with before. And yeah. he's, got, he's got two huskies that he's going to have to deal with. So that's, that's probably the part I enjoy most is knowing that in no way did he probably ever expect that when he, you know, when he met Morgan. And here he is buying a house now and he's going to have these two dogs that yeah. dogs are now which- his. Dogs, which with he he advised against, by the way. He told her not to get the huskies. And I'll never forget. She goes, "What do you think?" Um, I'm thinking about getting a husky. I said, "No." Yeah. And yeah. CJ's like, "Oh no, man!" Like, yeah. CJ's always CJ's always had cats, you know. Yeah. And he's like, "I don't know, man. I don't know." And I said, "All right, well, just tell her to don't get a husky. She gets a husky." 
yeah, then gets another one. I, I can't remember the age difference on the two. It's a girl and a boy. Yeah. Um, but they've got those two. But no, we, we got to plan something because I don't go home as much as I used to either. I, I've worked every holiday since I've been here. It's been really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really like to take time off. And I know, you know, you're kind of the same way. You'd rather just, you know, get, get going on, on your work and your job and your life. Um, but it's not as easy to get back to your point because of the whole traveling and it kind of worries my mom and my dad and we've got a dog he's flown a couple times um and he's been great but yeah i I, we got to plan something when hopefully a lot of people can get vaccinated or feel a little more more safe yeah it'd be nice to get everyone together or even go somewhere i mean i mean i'd be down to go to nashville bro yeah, I know. I'm trying to get you guys out. I know that was the running joke that McNew wanted everybody out here. And we were, that was the next trip, and we we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that I'm here, I'm very extremely biased. I will say that 100%. I want you guys out here because it's, it's, it's a lot of fun even without everything being full open. Yeah. Um, how is, how's the here. weather? Is it, is it humid? Is it like what? It will be in the summer. It will okay. it gets in the summer. Um, I came in August when I when I came before, and it was it was kind of coming down off that humidity stuff. Um, but right now it's it's cold. We get a lot of it's it's like mid thirties, high thirties kind of stuff. Um, and then it like dusts. It's it's dusted a couple times, flurry, snow flurry, stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's been it's. It's just a little bit colder than Fresno as far as now, I'd say, with with the snow and things too. So, not too bad. But it, I mean, with work, I haven't, you know, had to deal with much of that. Trying to get this. Yeah, you're good. You're and good. Uh, you know, it's funny too because Delaney's sister went to University of Tennessee, so she's been out there and she was, you know, telling me about it. And I was like, I've never been there, so it would definitely be a great spot, and it would help to have somebody that's already been living there you know, and, and, you know, show us around and to your point, I mean, it's not going to be the same as if everything was wide open, but at least it would be a nice way to visit somebody you haven't seen in a long time and be in a cool place. Um, and, and be smart about it, obviously. I mean, I don't want to be a jerk and just fly all over the place and just go visit people and put them at risk. But to your point, I think we're in that age bracket where it's like, we can, you know, if something were to happen, I think we'd be able to handle it. Um, but the first concern is always, you know, the people in your family, your parents, grandparents, exactly. So the benefit is, I have a roommate here as well. He's also a pilot. He's gone right oh, now. Oh no way! He's doing stuff. Yeah. So the benefit is that we both are in the same profession. We both do the same stuff as far as traveling. So and it's just us here, and we don't really interact with too many people. So coming as far as coming back home, as in this home, uh, it hasn't been a worry when we're gone because we we know. Like if he's around something, then I've probably been around it too, kind of thing. So yeah, so that's I, been, been fine. Yeah, I I mean I go around town with job my job, and I have to interview all sorts of different people. And some people you run into, you know, they keep the mask on even throughout the interview. Some people mm-hmm. take it off. Some people want to shake my hand. Other people want to do the elbow thing. Yeah. So you just meet all different sorts of people, and it's really crazy how political it's become. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. Like, if you would have told me when this whole thing started, I would have thought, okay, a couple of weeks, we'll be on lockdown. Let's get rid of this thing. And within like three, four weeks, it became political. And I went, mm-hmm. oh, no. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like everything's become that way now. And, and it's terrible because, there's, you're, you know, like you were talking about earlier, so much has changed in your industry. You, you got laid off. All these crazy things are happening. And then people are focusing on 
oh, the masks are suddenly political. And it's like, mm-hmm. we're missing the point here. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it, it, I think it's awesome what you're doing. And I think, you know, if I would have told you a couple of years ago that you'd be doing this, I don't know if you would have said, hey, I'll be in Nashville, you know, flying these private charters. I think it's, it's yeah. badass. Yeah, it's this, this career uh, takes you not too dissimilar to yours. The, the end goal is there. The end goal is always there. It's just a matter of the, the career path and the different ways you choose to get to that end goal that, that changes frequently. Obviously, you had never predicted to be in Bend and everything, you know, no. and it just fell, you know, things fell into place and you're loving what you're doing now. So that was always my big thing is, is never get too uh, locked in and, and, and set into whatever's happening at the moment. Don't get yourself bogged down because when I got furloughed, I was, I was lucky. I just called my old boss and I was like, hey, I, I, the, at the survey stuff, I was like, hey, I, I think you need a second pilot still. Have you hired anybody? No. Okay. Awesome. I'll be there next week. So um, you just kind of have to find the silver lining in things and, and things will always work out. Um, not the way you expected. And um, that's part of the excitement, at least for me, I, I've enjoyed each step of flying I've done so far. Um, and it's always kind of something new in it. And it never really feels uh, like a job. Most of the day, most of the days just feels, you know, fun. So I'm definitely lucky and blessed in that aspect for sure. Are you the tallest pilot you've been around? Uh, yes, I am. I am. And I also, the plane I'm flying now, it's, it's a smaller, it's a smaller cockpit area. So yeah. Is this uh, difficult on your knees or anything? I mean, I've gotten it down. I've gotten it down to kind of a, a science and technique getting in and out of there. Um, <laughs> the passengers will laugh and stuff and I'll tell them I'm playing Tetris, but yeah. What are you, what are you six, six? I'm six, five. Yeah. Six, five. Yeah. On a good day with shoes on. I wish Eric, you're, you're like, a whole foot taller than me. It's I tell fun. people I, I tell people I'm five eight, but I don't know if I'm five eight. I'm maybe five eight with hair. Um, with you, with the anchor hair, with the yeah. anchor hair. <laughs> I got a hat on now. Yeah. How would, before I let you go? Um, are you allowed to get haircuts where you're at? I am. Yes, haircuts have been open the entire time. I, okay. Speaking of which, I need one. That's part of the reason I'm wearing a hat right now. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah. Uh, it's weird. Like that stuff's been open the entire time, pretty much. Oh, golf. Golf has been wide open and it's dirt cheap. So that's another way really? I've been like, yeah, I've been, I've been exploring the city, just driving to different courses. And I kind of learned the neighborhoods that way. Um, it's like to, to play 18, all, all the city courses, all the munis, it's 18 and a cart uh, on the weekdays, like 35, 34 bucks. That's it. Yeah. So Dude, it's I like have not golfed in yeah. over a year. Oh yeah. No, yeah, it's, I just it's haven't paradise out here. So it's like when I'm not working, I'm on call. Uh, I get a two hour call out. So that's plenty of time to leave the course, uh, come back, shower, change and get to the airport. So no shit. it's been fun for sure. It's been fun for sure. Yeah. Well, keep me in the loop with everything, man. I, I think it's awesome. And, and I appreciate you coming on and doing this and uh, yeah. I can't wait to see where you go next and let's try and do something and, and get my ass out to Nashville, hopefully. Appreciate it, man. That'd be awesome. And, and congrats to you. I love seeing your clips and everything like that. You're really <laughs> it. This yeah, is awesome. Be a hard critic on me. I need it. You know, I need, I need the no, constructive criticism. No criticism so far. I love the, I love the in the field stuff. So I want to see yeah, more yeah. of that. Uh, yeah. All right, man. Well, it's, it's good to see you as always. And uh, tell your family I said hi. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. All right, brother. Thanks for joining us. If you like what you hear, you can like, share, and subscribe if you want to hear more. Peace.